Hello everyone, I'm Marty Pospisil and thank you for joining us here for our February 2024 market update. I know you've all been waiting for this to come out and I just finally got all the latest stats so we can show you what's happening in the Vancouver real estate market. So let's jump right into it. <clears throat> for our table for January, the market is turning around. So we're getting busy. I'm getting calls for listings. We've got buyers buying listings. It's like the good old days. So let's see what's actually happening. Sales activity year over year for detached houses is up 28%, significant increase in activity. The benchmark price from this time last year is up 7.3%. Again, this is for Greater Vancouver for detached houses. Last month, we had a slight drop. Don't let that fool you. Prices are on their way. Uh, you're gonna see that in the next month. We're gonna see some significant changes. Attached townhomes and half duplexes, activity is up 83%, just as predicted. Our benchmark price is up 4.3%, and last month, basically no change, just a drop of 0.6%. Apartment condos were up 31%, prices are up 5.6% year over year, and last month we basically had no change, 0.1% increase. Definitely we're seeing increased activity, prices are going to follow shortly. Okay, what's hot and what's not? Again, <clears throat> for those new to the market updates, uh, the metric I follow is of course the sales ratio, and all the sales ratio is is that absorption rate of product into the market every month, what percentage is selling. If less than 11% is selling in a given month, we're in a buyer's market, downward pressure on prices. If between 12 and 20% is selling in a given month, we are in a balanced market. It's not favoring the buyers or the sellers. But when we hit that point, when over 21% of the given inventory is selling in a month, we hit a seller's market. Competing offers, big demand, limited inventory, and upward pressure on pricing. So let's look at the various product as we do through Greater Vancouver. Detached houses, Vancouver West Side. Last month we had a tragic 9% sales ratio, very slow buyer's market. Let's see what's happening this month. This month, no change. We're still at 9%. Okay, again, that market's just starting to rev up. We're going to see these numbers start to increase through February. Um, and if we jump over to our attached condos townhomes on the west side. Last month we had a very strong balance, 17%. This month, again, no change, 17% on attached condos and townhomes, balanced market. Condos townhomes downtown, last month we had 15%. If we look at this month, a slight drop in activity, 13%. Again, you gotta remember, towards the end of January, that inventory was just starting to pour in. Not enough activity in the sales yet, which is already happening in early February, to reflect here in these stats. If we pop into the east side, <clears throat> detached houses on the east side were at a 15% balanced market. This month they're a little bit down at 11%, still a buyer's market. Um, over there and condos and townhomes on the east side. We we're at 21% last month, still strong, 
oh sorry, 22% last month. This month we're at 21%, uh, a good uh, right in the entry part of a seller's market. So the stats, the sales ratios haven't been impacted yet, but that comes after that inventory comes in and the buyers pounce on them and that's happening right now. So you'll see at the end of this month, those stats coming in. If we look at Vancouver Westside, all product, the sales ratios are around the bottom of that balanced market and buyer's market territory. And if you look at the east side, um, a little bit higher, but pretty well all in that balanced market territory um, for east side product. Um, no surprise right there. If we look at all of BC's sales ratio, again, is at the bottom of that balanced market or the top of the buyer's market. Great time to buy, great time to get your property out there on the market because of the big demand. It's just fuel for the fire to get this market taking off here in 2024, which I'm already seeing here with all the activity. If we look at the month to month variances and we go to the entire lower mainland, you can see the greens are showing an increase in sales activity, the reds, we're getting a slight decrease. We're seeing a lot of green out there. Uh, if we're looking at detached product throughout the lower mainland, if we look at attached townhomes and apartments, etc., we're not seeing a lot of change yet in that. We're still waiting for that inventory to increase. It's about equal. Some increased, some decreased slightly. Not a lot of change there in the lower mainland in that product. Okay, what's happening with prices? That's the question everybody's asking. If we look at the average price graph across BC, you can see that peak we hit previously. Last year was the peak before the interest rate started to go a little bit crazy and inflation hit 8%. Now that's getting under control. We had a little bit of an uptick in prices already towards the end of last year and you're about to see that change again across BC. If we look at the average price graph in Greater Vancouver, one of my favorite historical graphs, you can see that houses hit that bottom very recently, just starting to come back. You can see townhomes and half duplexes, very similar story. And of course, apartment condos, you're starting to see that come back as well. These are all about to change dramatically in Greater Vancouver. And if we look at Vancouver, Metro Vancouver, in the city itself, <clears throat> you can see really good time to buy a house. And of course, with that demand, really good time to list to take advantage of that demand and get multiple offers. Same for townhomes, same for condos. We're at that edge where things are changing and they're going to change quickly. So forecasting for this year, what exactly is going to happen this year? Let's look at our market drivers and how they're changing. If they're green, they're a market enhancer. If they're red, they're a market deterrent. If they're orange, they're in transition. They're transitioning between the two. Okay, consumer confidence, our first of four market drivers. Buyers are buying. The demand has been on hold for too long and they've burst out of the starting gate with money in hand. As I predicted last month, buyers are out there in full force buying. Now, why is that? We're going to talk about that shortly, and it has to do with this. Inflation and the economy. The consumption is slowed. That's good. That's making our friend Tiff Macklin back east happy that that inflation has come down. There was an uptick mainly due to real estate. Um, and I've got an article I'll show you in the Financial Times that just came out. Very interesting. <clears throat> but inflation overall is behaving. 
You'll see later we're at 3.4%, not bad. I know they'd like to see it at two, but still very good compared to the 8% we were at. So that's actually good. Cost of borrowing. I've seen some good deals on five-year mortgage rates come down to 4.89%. It's the first time I've seen below 5% in a while, so that's good. And they are poised to fall more when that overnight Bank of Canada rate drops. That's the big thing everybody's waiting for, but they already know what's gonna happen, so people are already reacting now, and that's the whole theme in today's market update. The buyers are out there buying because they know it's changing. The light end of the tunnel inventory levels inventory is building and fast listings are pouring in and we're at the beginning to see a selection of homes in all product categories now you got to remember when there's no inventory um, there's very let's just making sure my microphone's on and yes it is there's no inventory for people to buy so people selling homes to downsize into a condo aren't listing because there's no condos to buy people upsizing from condos to townhomes to half duplexes to houses aren't listing their product because there's nothing larger to buy so when there's no inventory there's no movement there's no market as the inventory increases which we're starting to see that's the catalyst that gets the market rolling so we're seeing that we're seeing this excitement in the market with the rates about to change april to june we'll talk about that a little bit more later um, so we're in orange we're transitioning there's no red on the market drivers that's good news we're in for some excitement this year there's the consumer shopping spending money the visa cards are flying around in her purse look at all the bags there that she she's consuming she's buying that's what's going on now people are excited the sun's out spring is is almost here i think um it's a bit cold today but it's beautiful out um that's the consumer confidence buyer sentiment the economy has slowed yes but rates are gonna fall. Everybody's waiting for that announcement and they know what's coming. So here you go. Look at that. Financial Post, front, front headline. Home buyers frenzy grows even before rates go down. Isn't that what I said last month? As soon as people know it's gonna happen, the frenzy begins and it's already begun. So that's what's happening. Consumer confidence is way up, definitely green. Retail sales are of course back up. Consumer confidence, buyer demand of Canadian consumer spending. You can see we had that drop last year um, when the rates were very high. It's been a bit of a sawtooth, um, but you're going to start to see that confidence shoot back up and the consumer spending go up. If we're looking at employment, employment, of course, is back up. Unemployment is the same as it was last month. We're looking at federally at 5.8%, provincially at 5.6%, holding pretty steady. Um, and of course inflation that's the big one because that drives the mortgage rates there's our friend back east and there's the real estate market he's holding in his hands um, because he and his crew of course are making the highly influential decision on what to do with the overnight rate which of course influenced the mortgage rates now inflation ticked up to 3.4 percent from I think it was 3.15 the previous month so a slight uptick so of course they had no choice but to hold the overnight rate they didn't decrease it they didn't increase it 
Average hourly rates across Canada are continuing to rise and of course that's what's pushing the consumer price index up and that little uptick in inflation but if you look at it, regardless of the discussion, the rates are going to come down. Now, this is really interesting. Um, uh, Mr. Macklem is saying, look, I'm doing my job as best I can back east to control what's happening here in Canada. But bear in mind, the monetary policy can't solve the housing inflation crisis or the housing crisis as they're calling it in Canada for affordable housing. He's saying that's the government's job. It's the government's job to build more housing, to build more rental housing. Of course, we're seeing that certainly in Vancouver, seeing a lot of rental housing. We're seeing that rental mandate being met. Um, but he's saying it's kind of interesting to see this in, in, in the news. He's saying, hey, um, we're going to do what we have to do to bring that economy back and to get things rolling again. But bear in mind, we might not be at 2%, but that's not our fault. It's probably due to housing and, of course, increased hourly earnings. So that was a really interesting article, I thought, that came out there. That's a bit of foreshadowing of saying these cuts are coming. The, the overnight rate's going to come down, of course. And, of course, the mortgage rates are going to fall. It's going to happen. A lot of pressure on them to lower the rates. Okay, so let's move on. There's the consumer price index. We've talked about that already. Inflation's now at 3.4%. Um, and if we go further into it, here's the trend of inflation. Oh boy, that's uh, 2022. We saw 2023. There was that big, big increase um, last year. And of course, we, we saw that previously. Trying to get closer to that 2% target rate. That may or may not be possible due to all these other uh, uh, factors that are in play here. They're at 3.4%. Today, of course, inflation, as I mentioned, um, and that's pretty good. Now, this is interesting. Inflation is impacting rental rates. Again, that, that has to do with consumer confidence and the real estate market. When the rent hikes are, are a part of the um, inflation calculation, the increased demand for housing is in, insufficient to meet that demand. Inflation rate as a renter, uh, when you do the, the math, is actually double the overall rate. So the rents have gone up more than the cost of housing to purchase has gone up. So again, that's taking a big batch of renters, moving them into the real estate um, market for purchase uh, and that's going to further drive up those prices because the rents have gone absolutely mad over the last six months little bit of settling down by about a hundred bucks or so um, average if we look at greater Vancouver so but interesting to note that for tenants that cost of living is even more dramatic with the higher inflation that we experience now this is really interesting too household debt costs by generation i thought you'd really enjoy this graph if you look at the gen xers um, you can see that their debt increase costs as a percentage of disposable income is hovering around 12 percent so those born between 65 and older and the millennials from 81 to 96, 1996 are at a pretty high percentage of disposable income, 12%. Look at the baby boomers. Yay, I just made it into that category here, 1963. You can see we are at 4%. We're a little bit more conservative. Of course, we probably bought 
real estate many years ago when it was relatively affordable. And 4%, and of course, pre-1946, they're actually well below a half percent, as they should be. So I thought that was kind of an interesting graph. The younger people are just exposing themselves to that much more risk to get into the market. Understandable. Now, this is interesting too. Rental affordability in Canada's major cities. Hourly wage needed to afford a two-bedroom apartment and that's the province's minimum uh, wage. So if you look at it in Vancouver, you need to be making about $42 an hour to afford a two-bedroom apartment. In Toronto, about $40 an hour. In Ottawa, about $30 and so on and so forth. All the way down to Quebec, which is just about 19%. All compared to the minimum wage, which doesn't change dramatically between provinces. Hooray! We're in one of the most expensive rental cities in Canada. Okay, total household debt service ratio. Now, this I talked about several months ago when I looked at Canadian debt versus U.S. debt and how Canadians are much more exposed when those mortgage rates increase because many of us are in variable debt. Um, the variable mortgages. Look at Canada, the percentage of household disposable income um, devoted to debt payments, now that's total debt payments, mortgages and credit cards, etc. 15%, wow, of disposable income. And in the US, they're hovering around 10%. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, um, mortgages are typically higher in Canada. Well, you look at some of the houses you can buy in some, some of the American cities, three, four hundred thousand affords you a beautiful home in great neighborhoods. Um, I don't think you can get a, a studio for that here. In fact, no, you can't. Um, but uh, number one reason. Number two reason is the, um, the, the income that's, uh, of course, being required, uh, the percentage towards disposable debt is, is less, also because they've got much longer amortization uh, periods in the US. So you can go 30 years higher uh, in order to uh, have that debt payment devoted to, or your, your household in disposable income devoted to the debt. So they're a little bit more secure when the rates get more volatile. And, and that, of course, really increases the exposure for Canadians when those rates do vary. Got into that a little bit too much, but I think you get the idea. We are highly volatile and exposed and the US a little bit less. So that's interesting. So that is something really interesting because that impacts um, how the consumers react when that rate does change. Now, if we look at how we're compared to the US, the inflation rate here is at 3.4% and the US we're at 3.35%. We want to be pretty well in sync with our neighbors down south because that will not cause any inflationary changes because of a discrepancy. So that's good news um, that we're close. And um, we just move on to the next slide here. Now, so as I said earlier, the whole reason that we're as busy as we are is because people have waited long enough to make this purchase, this move, this downsize, this upgrade. They're all excited. They've heard the Bank of Canada say, we're going to make adjustments. It's going to be this year. And all we're waiting for is not, uh, is it going to happen? We know it's going to happen, but is it going to be April? Is it going to be May? Or is it going to be as late as June? 
And that's okay because people know it's going to end and people are plunging in now. So that's the whole premise on this excitement in the new year. We're seeing that change take place. The cost of borrowing, of course, is going to follow. This is the most important thing I just want to chat with you about. The range of predictions, if you take all six of the big banks in Canada, they indicate that the interest rates should decrease about mid-year, they're saying, between 25 and 50 basis points, so up to half a percentage. And by the end of the year, it could be anywhere from 1 to 1.75 percentage points. So that's significant. At the end of the year, instead of the high fours, well, we could be the high threes or even the mid threes. Wow, certainly not 2% like we remember a little while back, not that far, um, but certainly getting closer. That's all good news. That's getting people really excited. Okay, let's pop on to the next slide. Inventory levels, I talked about that. I know inventories are increasing because our phones are ringing off the hook. People are listing, we've got lots of product coming on. You can see if we're looking at houses on the west side of Vancouver, in December, we were at 390. By the end of January, we were 424. So that's pretty good. 34 new homes on the west side. If we're looking at condos and townhomes, here's the uptick already. 547, 610, we're about 53 homes up for attached product on the west side. Let's look at the east side, up 310 to 346 for houses and for attached townhomes and condos, we're up from 325 to 413. So the stats speak for themselves, inventory is increasing. Watch these red lines next month, you'll see some really interesting numbers. So across BC, active listings are increasing. If we look at the lower mainland, here you can see inventory is increasing. Vancouver Island, Thompson Okanagan, Northern BC, the Kootenays, inventory is increasing everywhere. So that's good news. So what does that mean for prices? What's going to happen? Okay, so the turning point in the Canadian housing market this year as interest rates, rate cuts loom. That's exactly what we're talking about. People know that the rates are going to come down. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Here's all the buyers. They're running towards all the listings. They're going to make their purchases. Here is the British Columbia Real Estate Association's residential sales forecast. You can see from last year to this year, we have an increase. And of course, next year, a further increase. They're anticipating a forecasted increase of 7.8% this year and more in 2025. So the stats and the forecasting from the associations are all that the numbers are going to go up. I think it's going to be even higher than those numbers. Who knows? So in conclusion, let's look at everything. We know that real estate, our market, is directly impacted by mortgage rates, inventory, and consumer confidence, okay? Not necessarily in that order. Unemployment rate was a little bit up previously. It's holding steady now. The economy slowed down enough for the Bank of Canada to be happy. Inflation's relatively behaving. Let's take, um, let's take real estate out of that, as uh, Mr. Macklem says, and um, he's doing his job very well. So the Bank of Canada, of course, held its overnight rate and listings are pouring in for 2024, providing the much needed inventory for buyers and sellers. They both need inventory to keep things rolling. 
So mortgage rates should increase, or sorry, decrease mid-year, as I said, between 25, 50 basis points, end of the year between 100 and 175. And the good news on inflation will be enough to prompt the rate cuts. So they are definitely related. So overall, I'm predicting a very robust market in 2024 with prices increasing this spring and summer. Expect a very strong market and uh, the pent up demand in the buyers is finally coming out as they dive into the market. The inventory increases are feeding that. And of course, the upcoming rate drops are the whole catalyst that started this. And you're going to see that continue as we get into the year. Next month, you're going to see some dramatic numbers showing exactly what I'm saying. Very good. That is my February 2024 market update. You can watch this video on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. And if you're into podcasts, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Marty Pospisil. Love getting your emails. If you have any specific questions, I'm here to answer them. Uh, and you have a great day. And I also wanted to say, we're getting subscribers from everywhere. I've got a few from Europe. I've got five new subscribers from Boston, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining in, guys. Uh, your swag bags are on the way. Uh, and um, that's my update. Have a great day. Enjoy the great weather. And spring is coming. <laughs>